There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we'll be discussing episode four of season one of The Ark. I'm telling you, I, I'm i like, I don't feel like we can trust anybody. And this episode nope. really put it out there. It sure did. <laughs> well, we have ratings news for this episode. It brought in a 0.04 in adults 18 to 49 with 0. 0.350 million viewers, making it the 110th rated cable show for the day. First time we dropped out bad. of the top 100. Like, not great, not bad. I don't know. What was right. going on that week? Everybody, like, out shopping? Was there a big I, snowstorm coming? What's going yeah, on? Yeah. <laughs> there was some pretty rough weather that week around yeah. the country. Ah, uh, episode four. We weren't supposed to be awake. When their psyches are put to the test by hallucinations, the crew must race to find the cause. That's kind of an understatement, but sure. Yes. <laughs> Well, we open with Angus dousing his crops with clean comet water. Another shot features Baylor and other men in the showers. Suddenly, the engines restart, ensuring Arc-1 can continue full steam ahead on its mission. Garnett makes a shipwide announcement. She reveals the water shortage crisis is officially in their rearview mirror for the time being. Lane and Felix barge onto the bridge and demand everyone leave. Lane shows Garnett the video footage of her killing a man in that Florida pub. Felix takes her into custody and combines Garnett to her quarters. She's now the number one suspect in the ongoing Malcolm Perry murder investigation. Naturally, Garnett denies everything. Later, well, Lane I mean, meets... Did anyone think she was going to be like, oh, yeah, I did it? Yeah, no, <laughs> that wasn't happening. Later, Lane meets with Felix and Bryce and imposes himself as the new captain. He's been waiting for this moment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's wanted a legitimate means for dethroning Garnett for a while now. He believes they should announce the Garnett situ situation to the crew, but Felix reminds Lane that this is an investigation. For now, everything is confidential. Don't stomp your foot and throw a fit, Lane. Right? He's like, I want to tell everybody she killed somebody. It's like, yeah. what the hell is wrong with you? The moment he finally gains power, some questions his authority. Next, Felix spots something peculiar walking down a corridor. He sees his husband, Richard, standing at the end of the hallway and holding their crying infant. Firstly, there's no babies on Arc 1. Secondly, Felix's husband is still on Earth with their son. Strange. Meanwhile, Papa Angus names his vegetables and talks to them. Like most people do who have gardens. Yes. <laughs> Bryce observes silently from afar, but doesn't razz Angus too much when he finally speaks. Bryce shows Angus the glove he wore when he touched the foreign substance on the 
ship's exterior. You know, the one that disintegrated part of said glove and damaged his hand. Bryce wants Angus to experiment on it to figure out what struck this vessel, what precisely woke them from cryosleep. Angus insists he's not a science. However, Bryce refuses to surrender. Go get sciencing, veggie boy. Nice. Then we have Felix asking Garnett about the video. He presents his theory about what transpired. Jasper Malcolm threatened to expose Garnett after showing her the footage. And, well, Garnett killed him to keep him silent. Easy peasy. Except the easiest route is not always, you know, the way. No. She claimed she wasn't in the pub that night. She was in London, an ocean away. And Garnett rattles off the timestamp for the video and urges Felix to corroborate this information. Next, we see Bryce proposing a shocking idea while walking with Rodor. They need to dispose of Garnett. She's a traitor and clearly a murderer. And when that happened, I think my jaw hit the floor. Right. You wouldn't like, expect Bryce to say something like that. No. It's high time they take charge of the ship for the good of the crew. What the? I think there were some choice words that came out there, too. Yes. Lane is taken aback by Bryce's blatant proposal of, you know, murder. Lane claims they must abide by Felix's investigation and wait until he finishes it. Now that all, all threw me off, too, because it's like, yeah, oh, that really? Doesn't, that doesn't sound like Lane. It's like, didn't you just want to tell everybody, yeah, she killed him? Yep. However, Bryce reminds Lane that he outranks Felix. Lane supersedes Garnett. Why can't he just go against Felix? Um, okay. All these thoughts going around the head, apparently. Felix barges into Kat's quarters while the latter paints her nails. He informs her of what he saw, his husband and crying child on the ship. Kat validates Felix's experience and reveals that there's a case of cabin fever going around. Only after she's like, oh, that's why you weren't attracted to me. Right. Well, maybe because you're kind of a jackass. I mean, yeah. that could be part of it, too. His peculiar account isn't the first one she's heard lately. And that would have me, like, thinking, okay, something is up. Yes. It's like, wait, all of these people at the same time? This seems odd. Yes, it does. Cat chalks up Felix's hallucination to a lack of sleep and encourages him to get a nap. Fully rested, showered, and mentally nourished, Cat's living her best life on Arc 1. Are you, though? Meanwhile, Dr. Kabir struggles to draw blood from a patient in the med bay. After her patient comments on how exhausted she looks, oh, thanks, that's what everybody wants to hear. Yes. Kabir ends up quietly sneaking off for a moment and taking a pill. No, don't start doing that. Please no. don't start. Dr. Edward Hall, you know, who's dead appears next to Kabir. He remarks on her ability to draw blood and subtly humiliates her. Kabir reminds Hall that she's the only doctor left now because, you know, you died. Yeah. Hall chose to cryo-sleep with the other superior officers instead of staying in the survivor's quarter, so take that, you jerk. On the bridge, Bryce incessantly presses Lane to take out Garnett and not to dinner. Lane urges him to keep quiet. Suddenly, the real Bryce appears behind Lane and asks the latter to whom he's talking. Lane's hallucinating Bryce, and this version wants to kill Garnett. He thinks this is Lane's subconscious communicating its desires. Next, Lane and Bryce hear a man screaming and repeatedly punching a wall with blood-soaked knuckles. 
I was a little happy though in this moment because it wasn't Bryce actually like, let's kill her. Right. They carry him to the med bay where Kabir restrains him. Everyone finally acknowledges the elephant in the room. These hallucinations are ship-wide epidemic. The question is, what's the cure? What's the cause? Yeah, that's more like it. Start with the cause before you get to the cure. Yeah. Then Alicia and Baylor have their first date in the mess hall. Alicia's nerves kick into high gear, especially when she hallucinates her mother. Alicia excuses herself to the bathroom while Baylor starts chatting with the hallucination of Susan Ingram. Susan asserts that Baylor shouldn't waste his time with Alicia. He must enlist folks to their cause. The mission is all that matters. She encourages Baylor to become buddy-buddy with Lane. He seems like he'd be the most sympathetic to said cause. This all sounds shady as shit. Yeah, I'm watching that moment and I'm like, wait a minute. What's their cause? And what does this mean? I mean, he already feels like Lane is telling him something. That's why he wouldn't right. hit all those oxygen tanks. Yeah. And with everybody else, I know they're all hallucinating something, but like he's kissing his hallucination. Yeah. <laughs> like, does nobody see that? Yeah. Or is everyone like, oh, okay, I'm going to just look at my hallucination and not pay attention to this dude kissing uh, uh, to nothing? To what everybody else's hallucinations are doing. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, all right. Alicia calms her anxiety by splashing some water on her face and breathing deeply. Her mother can't be here. She's on Earth. However, her mom is, well, right there behind her, insisting that she must leave Baylor in the dust and focus on more noble pursuits. Oh, she one of those people you can't date. Yes. Felix, that's why she has four degrees already at 19. Right? That's somebody who pushes their kid way too hard. Too hard. Felix searches for the timestamp that Garnett gave him while fending off the sounds of his crying baby. He finds what he's looking for, confirming that Garnett's information and her alibi were indeed legit. Next, Bryce hallucinates Kabir, who binds him to a chair and whips out a syringe. Oh, so there is something happening with Bryce. I really want to know what it is. Right. He's definitely hiding something. Right, because she claims she's going to administer a complete blood analysis to get to the bottom of Bryce's spotless bill of health. And Bryce screams, leading to Alicia, shaking him back to reality. It's like, ah, oh, hi, what's up? Meanwhile, we have Garnett disclosing her story to Felix, but it is super confidential. I have yeah. to keep this like under wraps and you have to understand. Oh, we learned Garnett is a clone who had a twin, Denise. Dr. Hall supervised Sharon and Denise's growth, injecting them with various hormones to see how they'd react to them. For example, Sharon was injected with a tart tardigrade protein and Sharon and Denise grow up in a lab getting poked and prodded under Hall's watchful eye. That does not sound fun at all. No. And once they get older, Denise started reacting poorly to whatever Hall injected into her system. Sharon reveals she found, a, found Denise's body after returning from London right before the launch of Arc 1. Garnett divulges that her presence on the ship constitutes one last experiment. How will she fare on a new planet? After hearing Garnett's story, fair... Felix releases her, and she's now cleared of all charges. Yeah, I'm sure uh, that's going to go over super well with Lane. Yes. 
Later, to Lane's dismay, Felix accompanies Garnett to the bridge. He's even more irritated when Garnett and Felix won't reveal why she's no longer a suspect in the murder investigation. Everyone fills Garnett on the situation. More and more crew members are falling victim to hallucinations. Med Bay overflows with them. Eva finds a welcome visitor in the showers with her, a hallucination of Harris joints her. Eva reveals My how dog much... My like that. No. Eva reveals how much she misses him before they share a kiss. After showering, Eva meets with Kat for a therapy session. Kat urges Eva to admit her role in the Malcolm Jasper's death, a.k.a. confess to his murder. Kat draws out a somewhat vague confession from the engineer before she procures a curved blade and slits her throat. Our fave therapist influencer flees her quarters screaming. While in the hallway, Kat runs into the real Eva, who claims she was en route to Kat's room for their session. Kat tells Eva she's canceling all sessions for the foreseeable future, clearly shaken from her hallucination. Yeah, she needs to grow a pair. Well, also, it's like, does she kill them? Right. Angus experiences his own hallucinatory event when he interacts with the fancy-looking Garnet in his garden. Uh-oh, someone has a crush. That's kind of a dominatrix-looking Garnet. Exactly. <laughs> Fake Garnett gives Angus the idea to check the comet water during his interact during this interaction. Angus barges into the med bay to reveal his revelation to Kabir. Unfortunately, he loses consciousness and starts seizing. But later, Kabir managed to take Angus's theory and run with it. She presents her finding to Lane, Bryce, and Garnett. The comet water carries an amalgam of elements that they've been exposed to on Earth. And some that they haven't, I'm guessing. But one said element happens to be what's potent in LSD, hence the hallucinations. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Maybe you should have tested everything first. Kabir hopes to find a solution soon. Garnett accompanies her back to the med bay. And she then reveals her clone status to Kabir, who claims she already knew. What? Yeah. That's surprising. Uh, But she was primed on all medical records for the crew before departure. But that's when Garnett's like, hey, I drank the water and did everything everyone else did, but I haven't experienced hallucinations. Maybe because I'm a clone and maybe you can test my blood to see if, you know, anything can can contribute to an antidote. The pair also bond over Dr. Hall. He was like a father to Garnett. Well, he mentioned or mentored Kabir. I I don't know. I mean, would a father do all that stuff? I feel like maybe not. (laughs) Later, after further research and experimentation, Kabir concludes that Garnett's blood possesses a protein that they don't have. Lane confronts Garnett regarding what she told Felix. None your business. That's what I told him. Yeah. (laughs) It's none ya. He feels that he has the right to know the truth. And Garnett reasserts it's confidential. You don't have the right to squat, buddy. Yep. Even though they're the same rank, Lane continuously questions her at every move, and she's tired of it. And suddenly Lane collapses as the effects of the comet water finally take hold of him. It's like, mm, well, let's stop that conversation. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> Bryce and Carnet- Garnett carry Lane over to the med bay table. Unfortunately, Kabir is also fighting for her life, unconscious on the floor. They call Alicia into the med bay to examine Kabir's notes. Why? Why don't you put something more specific like 
This is the cure. <laughs> Alicia believes Kabir was trying to synthesize the protein she found in Garnett's blood, although Alicia and Bryce don't know it's Garnett's blood. Then Kabir could add it to the water tank to purify everything and heal everyone simultaneously instead of injecting the crew individually. I don't know, maybe you needed a two-prong attack for the ones who are affected right here and, you know, yeah. conscious. Bryce also collapses, succumbing to coming to the same illness as everyone else. Alicia springs into action and does what Kabir set out to do. With the aid of Eva, Alicia adds the synthesized protein to the water supply. Once again, the nerd saves the day. Thankfully, it works, and everyone comes to after the protein eradicates sickness. Kabir thanks Angus for his revelation. Angus claims his hallucination of Garnett fed him the idea. Kabir senses that little veggie boy carries a torch for our cat. Oh, that's mean, little veggie boy. Yeah. <laughs> then, before Alicia drinks the antidote, the hallucination of her mother reveals how proud she is of her daughter. I'm sure Su she didn't actually hear that often. No. Susan Ingram reminds Baylor to forego his pursuit of Alicia in favor of briefending Lane for their mission. Baylor calls her out on her jealousy and chugs the purified water. Felix smiles at his husband and child before downing the comet water cure. All of these hallucinations vanish, well, except for one. Kabir and Kat find Eva in engineering trying to persuade her to drink the water. Harris stands behind her. Of course she doesn't want to take the antidote because Harris will disappear. Kat holds Eva's hand and reminds her that everyone on this ship is real and tangible. They all depend on her. If Eva doesn't drink this cure, she'll die. Kabir believes Harris came to Eva as a hallucination to remind her that he'll never leave her, even if he's not present physically. Eva reluctantly chugs the water and watches him vanish. I thought that was a really sweet moment because yes. she's holding on to the one person that, you know, she she loved and the fact that he is gone. But, you know, everybody else had like all this crazy stuff happening. Right. I mean, everybody loved somebody, obviously, or had crazy fears going through their head. But it just seemed like it was really sweet what was happening with her. But it's like, no, we need you. You need to stay here. Right. In the moment. And it's like, oh, that had to be hard. Yep. Meanwhile, Angus stumbles across another revelation. He runs onto the bridge and blurts out what he discovered on the gloves to the trio of lieutenants. It's an element that doesn't exist on Earth. Oh, well, great. We knew that was going to happen eventually, right? Yeah. But not only that, he believes what struck their ship may have been a weapon. Maybe not a weapon from another human, seeing as they're the first to get this far in space but something wielded by a creature or an alien or something out there that didn't want us as far. Dun, dun, dun! If it's not one crisis, it's another. It's this is, always another. Yes, this had me, like, really scratching my head. It's like, okay, are we going to have some hostile aliens? Because, I mean, honestly, we can't think we are the only living beings in this entire universe and right. all of the galaxies and we don't know how far they're supposed to be going out anyway but it's like what the heck but are we going to see some aliens or something weird do we think it's like going to somehow be some other humanoid forms like trying to keep them 
out of their territory. Anything's possible right now. I mean, I still don't think that it was actually an external attack. I think it was more sabotage than anything. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong, especially because it's not an element from Earth. So, yeah, maybe it was an asteroid that banged into the ship or something like that. But, yeah, I don't think it was a a fired alien weapon at them. But you never know. Yeah. They probably hailed the ship and never got a response, so they said, oh, okay, fire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcasts. With good ratings and reviews, it helps other fans of the show find us, as there are a few other The Art podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and we do hope you're enjoying our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcast. You can check out our podcast and our contact information over at www.fangirlzone.com, and there's always to get a hold of us, and we will answer you, even if you're listening to this well after the season is over. For this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Steve. The kids will be fine while Papa Angus is out. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And until next time.